thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome, pilots. You're tuned to the guard frequency because it's all good pilots know when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 198 of the Best Damn Space Sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, January 19th, and made available for download on Tuesday, January 23rd, 2018 over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Henry. I'm Jeff. And I'm Tony. And in the audio booth this week, making sure that uh, that angle grinder's been rubbed over that android's bottom is me! Yay, guys! Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at GuardFreak or Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, you should come over and join us about 10 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live on twitch.tv forward slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? Please consider supporting the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. And we'd like to thank all of our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because, frankly, the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website, click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek from the TV series, the MMO, to the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Our latest endeavor, Heroes Rise, brings you up to date in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping's done, so let's get to the show. What have we got in store this week, Henry? In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Elite Dangerous, Star Citizen, and so much more. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn and the Galactic Public Radio. Then Commander Kinetic Impulsor tells you how to boost your best in Nuggets for Nuggets. Then we'll continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. So lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, trigger screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Infinity Battlescape is finishing art passes on the destroyer, with only the cruiser and carrier left of the capital ships, but they're still working on weapons for those larger vessels. Next patch will be released once they've got all the weapons mocked up, unbalanced, but in the game. The No Man's Sky ARG is acting up again. (laughs) If it says anything intelligible, we'll let you know. Dual Universe is starting the first of three Alpha Test weekends today as we record this show. Post some videos, guys. Elite Dangerous spent over two hours on the video tubes going over all the changes coming in 3.0 beyond. And they've got at least one more hour to show us next week before the beta launches on January 25th. We'll get to the juicy parts in a bit, but first... 
Okay, here we go. So I was, uh, much like last week, I've been prompted by user feedback to address uh, a particular issue. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the ongoing litigation between Crytek and CIG. Now, just for those keeping score at home, I think we need to step back a bit and review where we are in the case and what each document is supposed to do in litigation. So first we had a complaint filed by Crytek, wherein Crytek takes on the obligation to notify CIG what they are upset about. Second, we've got a motion to dismiss filed by CIG, wherein CIG takes on the obligation to explain to the court that assuming what Crytek said was true, there's nothing the court can do under the law to fix it. And earlier today, Crytek filed its opposition to that motion to dismiss. And that means Crytek has to give the court sufficient reason to believe that the law might be able to fix what it originally complained about. What we're still missing from this early first stage of litigation is CIG's answer, which will tell us why either, number one, Crytek has its facts wrong, number two, why CIG was justified in doing what it did, or number three, why Crytek is legally barred from whining about what CIG did. Now, as we get into this, you'll notice that some of those three things are hinted at in the motion to dismiss, and I'll comment on those when we get to them. So, a few episodes ago, I told all you lovely listeners that I wanted to get a picture from both sides before really delving into the case. A complaint's typically very one-sided and self-serving. It's designed that way, so that the defendant's on maximum alert for all the things that they allegedly did wrong. Throw the whole spaghetti pot on the wall. So, I sort of held back on that, on that early one. Then CIG moved to dismiss the case, which is a routine maneuver designed to knock out some or all of the complaints against the defendant. On simple cases with only one or two issues, motions to dismiss can occasionally carry the day and end the entire case. On a case like this, involving a breach of a copyright licensing agreement worth over a million dollars centered on a 20-page contract covering multiple years of conduct, well, let's just say that disappointment is the love child of high expectations and naive optimism. But even in a complex case, some spaghetti pieces just won't stick to the wall. The plaintiff then comes back with its opposition and makes sure that most or all the noodles are still on the wallpaper, tacking them back up there if necessary with additional legal reasoning or by asking the court if they can amend the original complaint. Again, we're still missing an answer from CIG, but I think enough facts and reasoning are out there at this point. They've been thrown around, and I think I can at least get the shape of the battlefield if not the location and posture of the armies upon it. The main complaints of Crytek, the license exclusivity deal and the lack of a second license for supposedly a second game, are probably going to survive this round. And there's one simple reason. Fort Wynn. The last paragraphs of Crytek's opposition are rather critical to understanding this case. Mr. Fryermuth didn't tell Crytek that he was part owner of CIG when he was negotiating this game licensing agreement. This means Crytek was not able to make a knowing waiver of the conflict of interest that was created when Ortwin negotiated on behalf of CIG against his other client, Crytek. It's one thing to have an attorney you're familiar with sit down across the table from you rather than beside you. It's another thing when the attorney across the table has a direct financial stake in the deal on the table. It's like Karate Kid. A beside table, safe. Across table, Eh, probably safe. On table, squish like grape. So why does this matter? It's because all Crytek has to do to win each and every contested point in the motion to dismiss is show the judge that there could be some set of provable facts 
which would legally entitle Crytek to some relief of some kind. And with CIG basically admitting that Orwin sat on both sides of the table, you know, they were the ones that confirmed it by bringing up the waiver in the first place. This introduces the possibility of bias, error, or potentially outright misconduct by a member of the bar. Remember, kids, a waiver just means it's okay for the lawyer to be there. It doesn't necessarily mean that everything he did while sitting down was okay. And because judges are in a unique position to police attorney misconduct, I don't see how it'd be possible for a gal with a black robe and a hammer to just let all this slide. We'll see if a real federal judge agrees with me sometime after February 9th. It's not to say that I think Crytek's case is foolproof. They carry the burden of proof on all the things they allege. They'll have to prove that exclusively means CIG promised to only use CryEngine to build the game. They'll have to prove that Squadron 42 is no longer a feature of Star Citizen, but a standalone game sold and marketed separately. They'll have to prove that CryEngine code was disclosed to Faceware and to the world at large via bug smashers. And they'll have to prove that CIG withheld bug fixes and optimizations to the baseline CryEngine. But here's the thing. If any part of the case survives the motion to dismiss, and I bet almost all of it does, Crytek will be entitled to go through CIG's business like a raccoon through a dumpster. Internal emails about switching to Lumberyard, accounting records after making Squadron 42 a separate purchase, contracts with Faceware, <laughs> who might also get dragged into this if the wrong facts turn up. I mean, the point is, I think this case has legs, and that's not good for the game's prospects. We might never see any of this stuff. Both sides might actually wise up and start filing things under seal, and bulk discovery usually isn't routinely made part of the public court record. But I bet some of it, and naturally to be the worst of it for both sides, will come out. So, if you want my judgment point by point, <coughs> the, uh, the opinion of the District Court of Tony is that there are some factual issues that need to be resolved around the party's interpretation of the word exclusively. There are factual issues that need to be resolved about exactly when and if CIG stopped using CryEngine in one or both games, and even if Star Citizen and Squadron 42 are two games. Maybe one's a feature of the other, or maybe one is downloadable content of the other. Hint, 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 CIG, that one was a freebie. Where was I? CIG also hasn't addressed the code sharing allegations, so bug smashers and faceware clearly stay on the docket. And if CIG did fix bugs or optimize the base CryEngine, that needs to be reckoned with as well. I'll even keep the copyright claims alive, despite the late registration, because Crytek could identify evidence that CIG has continued to use CryEngine without permission past that date. And finally, what exactly Mr. Fryermuth knew, and what he owned, and when he gained such knowledge and ownership, are very material to this case. So those references will not be struck. Motion denied. The Court of Tony is in recess. Awesome. Good job. So thank you. Yeah, that that I wanted to hear from both sides. I think there's enough of this case sitting out there that most of the edges of it have been defined. I don't expect any huge surprises to come. I don't expect Crytek to amend their complaint to include any brand new things really in the next in the near future. That may come later down the road once Discovery has uh, has finished, but the, the the case is pretty much shaped up, I think, and it's got legs. Yeah, I'm kind of not bending an ear to this this part of Star Citizen because it's my job. Uh, yeah, and and I I just want to concentrate on the tech and, and the game itself, really. And Jeff says Jeff, you said there was news. Well, I I mean there's stuff going on. There's definitely I mean the pipeline, the ship shape this last week 
was very, very good. I, I was uh, uh, well done. I like the fact that they're pulling apart um, their main thrust of, uh, of uh, getting news to us and putting them into little video sections now that we can view individually. Um, it was a broad scope of all the things they do to make uh, ships. There was some updates. Jared did a, some updates at the very end and, and gave us updates on, on ships that are currently ready to go. So overall, I, I like the way things are progressing with Star Citizen. It should have been there two years ago, but... <laughs> better late than never, Better right? late than never. And, and, and <laughs> you know, we've, seen, we've constantly seen this cycle. I, I don't know why people's expectations were any different when we've seen the same thing with Galaxies, we've seen the same thing with uh, WoW. I mean, I can remember days back in some of the games that didn't even make it to the... Make it to, uh, the platform and those that did um, jump gate jump, jump gate. gate yeah that went that went to uh, Codemasters and BattleTech thirty twenty five I mean another good game that never made it that was a Sony Sony project so I think that uh, the progress is real they're going gangbusters most of them are probably don't even care about the the battle that's going on legally. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure there'll be a settlement. I th I hope there will be a settlement. That would be really smart. Yes. Yes. That would be smart for everyone concerned. Right. And actually, that, Jeff, that's a really good point here because a lot of this this ballet that goes on in these early stages like this just sort of sets the parameters for settlement discussions. Like, the judge doesn't buy any of your arguments. The whole complaint comes in. That means your settlement, you go in strong with your settlement demand, right? right? If the judge keeps all your complaints. If the judge knocks off three or four of your complaints and you're left with two out of your original seven, you soft pedal that approach a little bit. You you know you, you back off the pedal a bit. So I, I think that you know this, this is like I said earlier. These are very common early litigation maneuvers. And to somebody who's not like a law geek, um, it it's really kind of boring. I'm interested in it just because I kind of like like I said earlier. I like to see the ninjas work. Yeah. Like, you know, I, you know it, it's I consider myself a mid-range kind of a green belt kind of guy, but I'm a systems administrator. I'm interested exactly, in the tech exactly. things. You yeah. know, you're you're a you know you're a lawyer. You like the legality right. of things. So I, I you know I I think that uh, I, I don't believe Crytek's out to destroy the game. That would be stupid. They would never get a recovery. And uh, so I think it's in, in in the parties. Besides, you had some good advice there, Tony. I hope CIG was listening <laughs> tonight and. Uh, uh, Somebody yeah. better. So we'll go forward with Star Citizen. So I like the law, and Jeff likes the tech. What do you like, Henry? I was reading. Good. <laughs> All right. Henry likes yeah, really look. dangerous, which is very, very exciting. I'm going to tell you what I did. Like I listened to your rant, and I was kind of reading through the whole thing. But my rant. it's you know it's okay. it's not it's not my game. I'm interested in it, but I'm interested in how it's going to end up more than how things are progressing yeah, there. The product. Um, so I'm I'm the checking product. out Elite Dangerous stuff. I've, I watched all of it, but uh, these. These posts you did are like such a great like uh, condensed uh, bunch of information. So yeah, oh the yeah, the the so we uh, we've got a couple links to the forum posts. So maybe Henry and I will kind of sum up a little bit, Jeff. If you, if you want to read through just the these are the high points. What 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 Frontier did was they kind of summarized their two hour long you know two one hour plus videos that they put out online. And there is just it is so dense. It is just uh they, and they called. This is the, there's supposedly going to be approximately four updates throughout 2018. There's going to be two 
bigger ones, they say. One at Q1, which is the one that they're talking about here tonight, and we'll be discussing, and one in Q4, right before uh, 2019. And then there'll be two kind of little, like, you know, dot updates sort of in the middle. This one is the small one, the one that we're going to talk about, and it is just packed with stuff. They ha- they haven't even gotten to all the stuff yet. First main point, your ships are hot now, not you personally. So Which is a huge change. Great. Yeah, so now you've got a chance to change ships and go be, uh, you know, as they said in the live stream, you could be a hero in one sector and completely notorious in another. And I think that's really cool. Tying it to your ship is another way to do that. So uh, that's pretty cool. And the other point is it's tied to jurisdiction now. It's more strongly tied to jurisdiction. Not only can you get local bounties, but if you hit that notoriety level, and that's going to be a new sort of clicker in the background. And I think actually you can actually they make that visible. You can actually see it in your in your stats. But once you hit a certain notoriety level, you get like a bounty promotion. And it's not just the local system jurisdictions that'll put a wanted sticker on you, but you could be wanted throughout the entire superpower that that minor power subscribes to. So like, you know, in the in the in the DocuPort, if you're if that minor controlling faction has an Imperial logo or a federal logo or an alliance logo on it, if you piss off enough of those minor factions and get a high enough bounty uh, level on it, they'll report you to higher authority. And you'll be wanted it to, at any Imperial starport or any federal starport, which is, I, that's, that's, that's another game changer too. Yeah. Because, because if you're wanted, what happens, Henry? What's the new thing? What's the new consequence? The cops are coming after you. And? And you get denied services. And you get denied services. Yeah. No more fuel, no more repairs, no more extra limpets, no more missiles, no more multi-cannon but rounds. But you can kill with reckless abandon in those systems and then get out and go That's someplace true. else. And be, I'm a nice guy. I, I acquire inventory the way I acquire inventory, but I'm a businessman That's, here. You know, why well, ask it's questions? Fantastic. You ask lots it of adds questions. A, a lot ask of questions. depth to what you can do with your personal narrative, and that's uh, that's going to be really cool. And it gives meaning to things that are already in the game, like an anarchy system. Yeah. Right. You now have to pay attention to that because in an anarchy anarchy system, now not only griefers, gankers, pirates never had any really reason to you know pay attention to you before, but in anarchy systems, they can totally get away with it. In those systems where they're wanted, in systems that have authority. They have these new cops. So you, the new cops are kind of hot, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. ATR, Advanced Tactical Response, or something. I don't know what it's. I do want to address something. You said griefers or whatever you want to call them. But look, the guys that are going to hang out in the uh, systems with no security, they're not griefing. They're absolutely playing the way they're supposed to. And now there's finally yeah, a that, game mechanic that supports that yes. and makes it yeah. uh, more fun for us that don't really want to be ganking people and getting killed all the time. You know, we've got places that we can go that are kind of safe, or we can go out there and fight when we want to. And I'm not going to lie. Right. I'm, I, I'm getting I like into that. a lot more combat these days thanks to uh, Commander Kinetic Impulsor here. But You're welcome. <laughs> there's still times that I want to go out and explore and trade. And I really like the idea that now, coming back in towards civilization, I'm going to have to sweat a little bit going through the anarchy systems in the, the rim. But once I'm back yeah. into civilization, I'll feel a bit safer. So that's cool. I mean, that's yeah. that's great. The way it is now, you're just always on edge. You're just, you could get killed anywhere, and there's no recourse. Now, are they going to uh, tweak the NPCs to also reflect this attitude? Yeah. There, there's AI programming to support this now too, so it's it's it is it's they they've really gone through and sort of 
revamped how crime and punishment work. And I think that, that, that it's a significant improvement over things. For one thing, they're taking out the bounties to fines timer. It's no longer it's no longer a, a timer. It's just you either get a fine or a bounty. And if you shoot somebody with friendly fire, like the cops, like we, like in Hazrez, where you right, where, right, where, where we're battling, and they and they come across our bow, right. Those things are go are the the damage tolerance is going way up, uh, and and they're changing most of that to a fine. Once you hit the higher threshold, it'll become a bounty, right, right. but they're they're bumping that up significantly. So it's like you know that you you shoot and the guy crosses your your firing solution and you it says fine assaulting a police officer you know 100 credits or whatever oh you're like oh crap and so you know you quit shooting uh and so hopefully that, that gives you enough reaction time to lay off the trigger or whatever that's going to be really helpful with the the turrets going on on our awesome type 10s on on our type yeah. 10s right you get, you get well except you really can't put big fat beam turrets on the top of that type 10 because your distributor just won't you handle can put it. enough on there to your distributor fun. just can't hack it uh, maybe efficient. I games. haven't had any trouble. Anyway. I've been having a lot of fun, but I'm using cannons from the. Uh, You're using I'm using cannons. the uh, yeah. experimental cannons. The only time I've really ever gotten in trouble is when I've had uh, large beams on the top of my cutter, and I can't. And 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 they'll they'll shoot basically straight up. And if you're just in a turning fight, those cops can just like cross both the beams. And if you're and if they're close enough to your ship, where the, before the damage fall off really hits, they can cross both of those beams, and you all you're just you're you're tagged. You're all of a sudden wanted. So it's, you don't have any chance to stop it. So hopefully that's the sort of edge case that they're designing around uh, so that those will just be fines now and not bounties. Because if you get a bounty, you are a criminal and you are wanted. And they will, depending on what how badly you have, what bad thing you did, the cops, the super cops are coming and they're coming for you. So it's not just all the cops in the Hazrez, but they're bringing in reinforcements that are like engineered federal assault ship type vessels. And they're going to have access to the super awesome weapons and be fast and have extra shields and armor and stuff. So it should provide a bit of a challenge for engineered commanders. So and they and it, they said they're tweaking them so they don't want to they don't want to insta they don't want insta kill on you right, but they want to chase you off. The idea is that you 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 better running better be in your 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 one of your tactical strategies and you you should think about that fast. The detention center thing is interesting. We haven't even gotten to the detention centers yet. Right. Yeah. Okay. 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 Oh, my God. okay, so let, let me do this. Uh, let me do a little bit of, uh, of uh, more uh, Star Citizen stuff, and then we'll bounce back into... What? Into, no, no, into no, 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 no. It's too much. Hey, Jeff, it's too much. It's too much. we got to keep going. Detention centers, Henry. Detention centers. If you get oh killed, God. you go to jail now. You have jail. What? That's great. I mean, it's like... Yeah. If I get killed, if, you if, get I, killed. if somebody kills me, I go to a detention center. No, if, if you get killed and you're a bad guy. Oh, okay. if you get killed, obviously, yeah, if Jeff. you get killed with a bounty on you. <laughs> yeah. Now you're with the good guys. We don't get bounties on us. Not anymore. Once they fix the friendly fire thing. But uh, uh, but the uh, but when you if you if you get killed with a bounty on you, you don't respawn at your last starport. You respawn at a nearby detention center. Where your rebuy screen includes all your bounties, and you can't skip it. Oh, so oh, it, oh. yeah, oh, and be- that's cool. Yeah, and because the bounties are tied to your ship, not you. If you get blown up in a sidewinder, those bounties aren't cleared off your ship. Your ship is still hot. Yeah, you know, so you can't like switch ships and then suicide yourself or have one of your friends kill you for the bounty in you know drinky dink ship. That doesn't work anymore. Your your ship is always hot, and all the modules that are on it are also hot. So you can't swap your modules off of one cutter and then put it on a brand new cutter and then, you know, skate by. 
No, those modules make your new ship hot. Those hot modules make your new ship hot too. So, I, again, I think they're they're finding ways to close the loopholes. They're finding ways that a thirty fourth century society that you know has electronic currency and you know video cameras tracking every move you make and everything that's a little more a little more realistic I think a little more in keeping with the idea of, of the elite dangerous future but yeah I, uh, it's this it's good stuff I, lo- I love I love I love all these changes and the devs were quick to point out repeatedly that a lot of these changes um, were improved based on feedback from the community and they were highly complimentary of a lot of the feedback they got so good job everybody. Jesus, there's only one thing. Now we got to talk about wing missions, which is the best thing ever. No way, planet improvements is the best thing ever. Wing missions are cool. Yeah, I like wing missions. No, I, I read through the planet stuff, and, I, and and one thing I do not see. What's that? Atmosphere. Yeah. Atmospheric planets. Yeah, there's a really good reason for that. No, there's not. No, this there is 2018. Yeah, there is. Let's make atmospheric planets, man. No, they, they, no, there's a really good reason for that, and the reason for that is that it can't be done right right now. The, the concept of Elite Dangerous is you build out a little bit at a time. And going to a, a planet with an atmosphere would raise expectations a lot farther than I think Frontier is willing to commit to right now. Because once you get an atmosphere, what do you got? You got life forms, you got plants, you got animals, you got biospheres, you got lakes, you got rivers and streams. Just write the I mean, codes. It just, it's, it's easy. Just write the codes. <laughs> just write the codes. Just make a code. If you just make a code, it'll be fine. No, These programmers they, always whole, complaining. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it, it's too big of a leap from where they are to where they would need to be to have a quality uh, environment. I mean, I can see them in maybe in four or five, you know, patch four or patch five, whatever it is, building cities, right? Building landing landing strips on cities or something like that, or in cities on, on some surfaces, maybe. But getting to fully explorable planets with atmospheres, I don't think that comes for a long time. If I mean, let's be honest, if ever. Because that's not what this game is. This game doesn't take place on surfaces. It has many games on surfaces, which are fun. The SRV driving is great and mining, I think, is fun. But it's they're just a piece of the game. Yeah, but they, but they had interactive uh, stuff on the planets already with life forms. I mean, in, in search of those uh, the alien... Alien. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. You're okay. All right. Point taken. They're, they are life forms, but they're awfully sedentary. They just sort of sit there, and you can blow them up. That's about it. That's. I mean, it, I'm talking like you know. I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm going to bring it. No Man's Sky. Oh, I was going to say oh, hundred times. It. No Man's Sky can do it. it. No Man's Sky can do it. No Man's Sky. Can do, no Man's Sky can do it. But that's. But that's the game in No Man's yeah. Sky. The whole. I mean, Jeff's point about No Man's Sky not being a space sim is well taken because. It always takes place on planets, and you're jumping around, you know, dinosaurs and wolf creatures with four eyeballs. I mean, that's that's the game in No Man's Sky. You're always on the planet. Tony, I don't know. I disagree, man. I think there's there would be a whole lot of fun with, you know, coming into orbit of a, a planet with atmosphere, entering the atmosphere through some kind of, you know, atmospheric entry minigame. Even if there's not a lot of anything to do on there, it's not like uh, Elite is full of tons of stuff to do everywhere you go. They've got these... Um, small installations that you can go to with your ship, you really can't do anything there. They've got all these rocky planets with no atmospheres. You can go there. There might be a base or two. There might be um, a, a growing fungus on a rock somewhere in some of them. Um, you know, it's it's there's not yeah. a lot going on. Okay, why why wouldn't that work in planets too? And it still be elite because then there would be beaches, there would be forests, but there wouldn't necessarily be deer or fish right now. 
but you know you'd still be able to get down on the surface of a planet and maybe have a landing place there you know maybe it just it just it seems to me that that would be like like beyond is going to be a year long series of updates where they're doing all this stuff like that I think that atmospheric planets would be like that. It'd be like we're going to do like a little bit in Q1 and like there's going to be a big six month empty waiting period where we do little tweaks and stuff. And then you're going to big get a big old drop at the end. I mean, it would be have to be structured like this. To, to, to I do don't know that. if it's going to go that way. Look, I, and maybe it's my expectations, but we were told 2.4 is going to be all the improvements to the little stuff in game that we've already got. And it seems to me like... All of that stuff is happening now in 3.0, where we're getting the improvements to the planets, we're getting improvements to crime and punishment. You know, these are the kind of things that I've been, like, hoping for all along, and just kind of finishing out what I think is already there in a lot of cases. And, you know, beyond, I was really hoping for, like, atmospheric planets. Like, that was the the big thing that I wanted so much. These other things, a lot of them seem like tweaks. And while I'm excited, and I'm really excited... It does seem like tweaks to existing content, which is what they told us like eight months ago 2.4 was, or six months ago 2.4 was going to be. You're right. These are just tweaks, but I think that they are the sort of tweaks that once they get them in and get them uh, tuned and get them through the beta process, they can go like this and step off and and, and leave them alone. Oh, yeah, because it's going to be good. It's going to be good. What they really need is to buy and play Railroad Tycoon. They they own Planet Coaster, Jeff. They can put they can they can I, I, do. I know that, that's what I'm saying. They can do theme park. They, can, they they've got some they've got some ex- expertise in this. So so uh, you know let's get it out there. Yeah. So elite dangerous so atmospheric say, planets so, everywhere you go is going to be like uh, Six Flags, like it's no, like Disney World like, or Jurassic <laughs> no, Park. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. And and. I, I expect atmosphere planets to be rare. I, I do. Well, I mean, they've, they're, they're, the, 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 simula- the background simulations already put it in there. The Star Forge, right. the Stellar Forge has already decided that statistically how many right. of them are out there and whether or not you find one. But you guys have just did something genius. You guys have just, like, put some building blocks out there, and I'm going to assemble it into something absolutely genius. What they need to do is they need to turn over individual planets to individual players and give them a tool set like their Jurassic World thing is going to be, or like Planet Coaster, and let people build the planet. No, that's what they oh, need to yeah. do. They need to like give. They need to turn. They need to turn that over to the community. I mean, there's like there's uh, concurrently. I just saw on Steam there are like six or seven thousand players, maybe four thousand. But there's several thousand players playing every night on this thing. If one percent of them decided to do this, that would be forty planets. That would be forty planets that would be individually sculpted. And could and and Frontier could could drop that in there. It's, it's genius. You guys are geniuses. You guys are, and I'm a genius for recognizing your genius. Way to go! So guard frequency once again. I love the game we're building. I love the game that we're building. But let's get back to the game that they're building. Wing missions. You can share with up to four people. You can split cargo. There'll be a cargo depot, and everybody contributes to it. Or you don't. One guy does the cargo, and everybody else escorts. I mean, I I love this concept that everyone's going to get a share in the loot, and you can divide up the labor. I think that that was this is finally what they should have been doing. And you have a choice. If you want cash, you can have cash. If you want influence or reputation, you can get that. If you want commodities and materials, you can get that. They'll have a choice of three different sort of randomly generated rewards you can choose from once the wing mission is... is uh, Why can't I have it all? Well, you have to pick. They're all roughly equivalent. Like the, the, the algorithm goes through and makes a roughly so, equivalent... So, wait. Um, thing. Now we get cash rewards, reputation... And whatever, and now they're going to tell us we can only have one. 
No, no, you get like a mix. Like you always get some. It's a way cash, to split right? the whole wings of earnings okay. amongst everybody. Right. It's fair. Right. You it's always good. get some cash. Yeah. Oh yeah. You always get some cash, but and you always get like a little bit of rep and a little bit of influence. But the computer can like you, you get choices, and if you don't need cash, but you're trying to up up your faction rank to earn okay. the, the. Okay, the, I can the, buy that. Uh, I can get that. You can you can you get you can choose to take less cash and get more of that other stuff. So and it'll be different every time, but you always get three different choices of, of how you want your reward to, to pay out. So I, I, if it works and if it's stable, this could be really huge. Um, and I think it would encourage people to wing up more, which is something this thing des- this game desperately needs. We already kind of talked about planetary improvements just a bit. They are gorgeous, and they're going to give you some better visual clues about what kinds of planets they are, so you don't have to scan everything to figure out if that's a high metal content or whatever. I just want a better navigation finding things on the freaking planet. That's all I want. Yeah, they, they still got to come up with some better things on that. Maybe that's four point. I got to say, not using the visual uh, thing to get clues, I guess that helps because you don't have, you can see that from the system map. I mean, how much info are you really going to get? A little get? bit. So I guess, yeah, it's just kind of like give you an idea. Maybe I want to go out and check that planet out. That makes sense. But they are pretty. Yeah, they they're look really so, good. They, they, they just, they get more, more and more pretty every time. I'm going to skip the Chieftain because we'll, I want to cover that one last. Tech Broker is cool, but it's basically it's basically unlocking your own weapons. I'm not as excited about the Tech Broker because it's just you turn in more mined materials um, and and or uh, you know the, the the rocks and minerals and things like that, and then you get access to special weapons. It's this is their idea of a personal journey or personal story that you get. Bet you get different guns and different tech. They had armor on there too. They only had like a, a small selection of things that are going to be possible, but. They're, they have special unlocks that if you turn in the right materials, you can get it. I mean, that's that's cool for the completionists. I'll probably do it because you know I gotta have it all. Um, but uh, it's it's it, it, it's not it's not as exciting. It's something to do when you don't have anything else to do. And every other game pretty much does that anyway. Gates content yeah. in a way that you have to grind it out. And yeah. the engineers are, you know, the only kind of gated grind really. Uh, yeah. Because everything else, you could always just go and buy it whenever you could afford the money. So you only have had to get one currency. Now you have to earn rep through these systems, which is going to make it a little bit longer. I get why they're saying that's a personal narrative. It's not a new thing, but it's new to Elite, I guess. Funny you should say that, because next week we're gonna they're going to be talking about the materials trader, which should make this little piece of it maybe more maybe easier, because you'll be able to trade for the materials you want. Uh, but uh, but this week they talked about trade data changes, which is going to make trading actually maybe a little more fun and easier. A lot of the stuff that you have to go to third-party websites for now will be integrated into the map, which is kind of cool. Um, they said that they're going to still work with those third-party data sites to support them on the back end, so they're not going away. And there are plenty of things that you, you still can't do in the map, like long-range planning and counting up with total amounts for what you can get on a cargo hold. And there's lots of stuff that those third-party tools do that the map still won't. But a lot, if you want to do a quick one-off trade run, the map is going to be a whole lot more useful now than it used to be. Oh, and this is, this is the, I have, we have to talk about this. The trending trade data, did you see that, Henry? I don't think it makes a lot of sense to me. Can you explain it? I don't know it sounds stupid. It really doesn't make no, no, a lot no. of sense. So this feature is, you get trending trade data, right? And if you click on a planet, it tells you, what NPCs and what players have been bringing to and from that system, right? So if people are bringing in loads of, let's say, bio waste, Shiv's favorite commodity. If they're bringing in loads of bio waste, it, that will it, you'll you'll see that on the map, and that's what it said. If they're bringing in loads of, say, gold or painite, then it'll tell you that too. 
And so if I were wanting to take advantage of this new crime and punishment system being a pirate, it would be very interesting for me to know that a whole lot of people have been shipping gold to a particular system in the last 24 hours. Whereupon, I would set up with my with my FSD interdictor and start pulling over people carrying gold because I would expect a lot of people to be there. So I think that's another little tweak that they're putting in there to support people that want to play as pirates and, 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 and do that kind of stuff. And again, with the whole idea of there's going to be hot places you can go and anarchies where you can cool off and all that, I, I think this is a way that makes a lot of sense for people that want to play pirates like pirates because they'll concentrate their activities in places where A, they'll be safe and B, it's actually profitable. So I, I, this is like this is like a, a, a stealth support mod for people that want to do piracy. And I really thought that was kind of cool. Megaship interactions, they're going to have a whole bunch of scannable data points. You can rob megaships now if you want to play a pirate that way. I mean, so there's a lot of stuff that they've done here on the back end to support people doing doing naughtiness in ways that don't necessarily yeah, interfere with absolutely. regular players. It, it feels more realistic to have information from other systems when you're doing trade. It's interesting to me that you have to have had to have visited a system to get the trade data. You have to visit and dock there. But then once you've done that, I think the trade data you get from the map is up to date, right? Yeah, it's, it's constantly updated at that point. So Yeah, Yeah, so it's kind of like establishing business contacts in yeah. foreign locations. Yeah, you, you know? plug in your business card um, into the little fishbowl that's on the counter. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah that makes a lot of sense. Yep. So, And then really the last big thing is the Chieftain, and I think I'm in love. I think I'm in love with this new ship. Meh. Two large centerline guns, one medium centerline guns, and three small guns all off to the side. It's nimble as hell. It's... Not super fast, but pretty quick, uh, and it's got enough. It's got enough military slots to keep you competitive as far as shield boosters and hull reinforcements and stuff. So I will definitely be checking this this baby out. Uh, it's it looks it looks mean. It looks mean. How big is it uh, compared to the cutter? It's smaller. It, they Small. they put it between the Python and the Federal gunship line. You know the, the dash ships, the gunship, the assault ship, and the uh, and the drop ship. It's in that kind of size zone. Are there any big mega ships coming? Oh, you mean like 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 big playable. three playable? I think the Defender's the last one for a while because I get the I know the crate's smaller and I can't I don't think they I'm interested named, in that one. Yeah, that's going to be a great ship. Yeah, that's, a, that's a fighter, but it's it's fighter sized, and so I but I think the other ones they have planned for the Alliance are also on the smaller end. I think the Type Ten Defender's the it for the uh, for the big ships uh, for a while. Which is fine. The Type 10 Defender, I got to tell you, man, I'm loving flying that ship. I, I got a Type 9 just because I like the, the center seat in a big ship and the open cockpit, kind of right. like the Asp. Right. And it's so big and open, but in, in like a Type 7, that big open cockpit feels kind of out of place. It doesn't really fit when you're sitting in it in VR. But with the Type 10, you can look out and see you know, the sides of your ship 30 feet to either side of you. The ship feels massive. I try to land this thing with... Uh, uh, flight assist off, and you can really feel the weight sitting in VR trying to, to land this cool. with flight assist off. It's amazing. Cool. I can't wait for the Chieftain just because it's a center seat um, right. of a smaller ship, which, you know, I'm flying a Fertilance right now in that class, and sitting offset, I just, it, it bothers me. It bothers me really bad, <laughs> particularly on flat games. But in VR, it's not so bad, but on, on a screen, it just makes no sense to sit offset. Yeah. It, it, no it, it, it kind of throws you off. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, so, definitely. and that's just this week. So we'll have ha about half of this much stuff to cover next week as well. So beta starts next week, uh, so we'll be recording just after the beta is released. 
I probably won't have time to jump into it um, much at all. But uh, if they keep their usual pace, they'll have it in beta for four to six weeks, and then they'll release the actual code about two weeks after that. So I, I think, I mean, I think they're going to hit their Q1 target. It seems like they're pretty on on track to hit the Q1 target unless the beta shows some sort of showstopper bug or whatever that they missed in testing. So. I'm just really excited for the update. I can't wait for the beta to start. All right. Well, now that we've caught up on the latest Space Sim news, let's get caught up on Space News with headlines from Galactic Public Radio. Good evening. From Galactic Public Radio on ANSEATH, I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. In an apparent victory for combined human operations in the Pleiades sector, no new stations have been attacked this week by Thargoid interceptors. For an update on the situation, we go to Smooth Furnace on scene at Blackmouth Orbital. Thanks, Spencer. One week after Admiral Denton Petraeus declared an end to unopposed Thargoid offensive operations in the Pleiades, the Thargoids seem to have paused in their unrelenting assaults on human stations. The combined efforts of independent pilots under the leadership of both Imperial and Federal naval personnel have dealt an apparent blow to Thargoid forces as well as improved the morale of pilots in the sector. As the recovery rate of escape pods and Remlock survival suits improves, more pilots are willing to risk flights in and out of the sector. Officials say this improves repair times and eliminates resupply delays. Now the question remains, did the Thargoids quit while they were ahead? Or are they just waiting for us to catch up? From Blackmount Orbital for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. The break from constant foreign aggression has given Imperial Princess Aisling Duval a rare opportunity to highlight a domestic Imperial issue. An illegal slave trading ring has caught the ire of the popular royal figure. Surprising no one in political circles, she has not let the opportunity to address her signature human rights issue pass by. Quote, Illegal slavery is an abhorrent practice that negates its victims' fundamental human rights. The amoral profiteers operating in Gu Yu Guaini must be stopped. End quote. She is funding special bonuses for rescued slaves and bounties placed on slave ships turned into Shin Terminal in the Gu Yu Guaini system for the next week. And finally, a subversive music video is proliferating through the seedier sections of the Interstellar Entertainment Networks. Let it burn attributed to an underground artist, Resurrection Fern, has been condemned by both imperial and federal authorities as a pro-Xeno propaganda, encouraging independent commanders to abandon efforts to protect civilized space from the Thargoid invasion. Preliminary investigation points to a commander, Pale Gringo, as a Pilots Federation member who facilitated the song's distribution and creation. No official bounty has been set by either superpower, and no charges have been filed at this time. For Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. You have all flown before, but you're about to enter a whole new world, so pay attention. That means get on your feet, Nuggets! Officer on deck! As you were, pilots. I'm Commander Kinetic Impulsor from Guard Frequency Response, here with the essential tips to get you around the deep black and back home again. Today I'm briefing you on Boost in Elite Dangerous. We've noticed some of you rooks having trouble with this, so we scheduled some training. Thruster Boost is a great way to surprise an adversary with a sudden burst of unexpected speed, and it can turn the tide in virtually any tactical situation. 
and it can really be the difference between your future as a bipedal flying traffic hazard and 500 kilobits in the obituary network. So you're all sitting here and uh, I'm going to assume that you've mastered the concept of thrust both as a maneuvering technique and a mechanical technique. Okay, I'm getting some blank stares. Okay, you push the sideways lever forward to go and you pull it back to stop. Uh -huh, the lights are coming on. Good. So now that we're clear on that, jamming the throttle all the way forward is only the first step in getting maximum speed out of your ship. The next thing you need to think about is engine power. By maximizing allocation to engine subsystems via your power distributor and those are the glassy eyes again. Okay, more pips people. More pips is more faster. Four pips is fastest. Yes, Good, and we're back. Okay, now that the throttle and the distributor are both maxed, your ship should be traveling at its full baseline speed. We're not done yet, Rooks. Your ship, in most cases, should be able to dump stored engine power into the thruster system to temporarily overcharge it. In olden times, it was called a reheat or an afterburner. The eggheads and pencil necks today call it temporarily unrestricted reactor bypass overcharge. Anybody with a set of wings calls it boost. That would be all of you. Nugs. Uh, but the egghead talk has some relevancy to your use of the system, so we'll pay attention to them for just a minute. Your ship's sublight drive is based on the millennia-old concept of reaction mass propulsion. Okay, um, we shoot stuff out of the ship really fast one way, and the ship goes the other way, okay? Every class of ship has a basic plumbing system for that stuff to get shot out of, but you can add extra energy straight from your fusion reactor to overcharge or boost that system, greatly increasing the speed at which that stuff shoots out. Normally, your ship transfers fuel from your main tank to your working tank from time to time as your thrusters consume fuel at sublight speed. This boost function pulls juice straight from the vine, skipping all that pesky picking and stomping and bottling. Still with me? <laughs> I picked an alcohol metaphor. That seems to have worked. Okay, moving on. Triggering a boost is going to do three things. First, it's going to drain your engine power capacitor. But being crackerjack space cadets, you'll have four pips in that system like I told you to. This is going to recharge that drain as fast as your ship can handle. That's important because until there's sufficient reserve charge buildup, you won't be able to boost again. Now, some commanders mount a power distributor that lacks sufficient charge capacity to boost even when it's maxed out. This is either relentless pursuit of thrust to mass efficiency or whimsical disregard for basic survival. I'll expect better from all of you. Second, your maximum straight line forward velocity will undergo a significant upward departure. Uh, yeah, you're going to go zoom real fast. Depending on the size of the ship and the class of the thrusters, you might see a 20% jump in top speed, or you might be digging your eyeballs out of the back of your headrest. Plan accordingly. Third, you will see a marked increase in your maneuverability in the other five degrees of motion. Remember, your thruster system includes all of the reaction mass propulsion components, not just the big nozzles in the back. So you're in for a few seconds of increased top speed as well as better agility. Use it. If you're running from a furball, don't run in a straight line. If you're boosting past an adversary through a joust, jink a little. If you're trying to win a turning fight but can't quite close the deal, ease off the throttle, boost, and hit those manual thruster controls to bring your nose around. Again, that's the pointy part of your ship. Knowing when you can boost and what you can do with it can make all the difference whether you're running for your life or gunning for somebody else's. All right, boys and girls, fold up your carpet squares and change into your flight suits. Skids up in 10. See you in the deep black. Come on, mama's not going to save you today. Let's go. You want to fly or not? Let's kick the tires and light the fires, big daddy.
Well done, well done, gentlemen. And thus endeth the pirates who are chasing the mysterious and drunken pilot, who you may now, if you desire, open up a uh, radio channel and uh, contact him if you want. Are you okay there, sir? What's this I hear about your war, uh, roar? Roar, roar, what's that, lads? Um, that, that wasn't us, sir. We're the ones who just saved you from that combat. Have you been drinking? I have I been drinking? What a foolish question. <laughs> no problem. Um, we, uh, we noticed that you were in a bit of trouble there, so we, we stepped in to help. Um, did I was they in trouble? You... Yeah. Did you not notice the damage? Well... If I be damaged, I'd be thanking you then for uh, saving me a uh, old carcass. <laughs> I'll be kind. Uh, you're welcome. Um, did they, like, when they uh, started attacking, normally pirates will demand things first. Did they want goods or information or anything? Uh, all I could get was something about Aurora. The Aurora? 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 No, it was Roarer. What did they want with the Roarer? Uh, they wanted to know something about the location. Did you know it? Nah, I cannot say anything about Aurora. I know nothing about Aurora. Do you know anywhere anything about an Aurora? Uh, it is a Type Aurora. 7 ship. Uh, uh, let, let, let me have another drink, lad, and I'll, and I'll see if my memory uh, can be peaked. I'm not sure that's a good idea. Now, 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 lad, I, I do remember something about... Something about... a. Black Song would be making me unhappy or making them unhappy. I can't tell which for sure, but you know, songs and roars just. I, I just don't seem to run any recollection. Did you say Black Swan? No, he said Black Song. <laughs> so, uh, I'd probably recommend setting calls for the nearest station and uh, seeing if they have any uh, black coffee. That would certainly help. Did, did the did the uh, the pirates say nothing else to you, at all? I can't remember anything else. Not surprising, I guess. I'd be thanking you lads for your assistance, and I'll be going on now to my next destination. Have a good day now here, and remember, call the guard frequency. Stay on the guard. That's the line. Stay on the guard. <laughs> and with the tagline properly delivered, uh, the adder shuts off communication and flies away somewhat unsteadily, uh, but manages to keep a straight enough course to jump back into Super Cruise for parts unknown. So after your discussion with the drunk pilot who sails off into the sunset, you are now uh, tasked with finding the Aurora, which you do spot on long-range sensors. It's an unresolved contact, but it's right at the spot where it should be, uh, where the uh, the Aurora uh, should be. The pirates didn't spot it because, number one, they had crappier ships, and number two, they were fixated on chasing Pirate Pete. So, uh, after you successfully destroyed them, uh, it, the Aurora is, is not obvious, but to somebody who's looking, it's right there. So you set an intercept course and fly up to it. When you arrive at the Aurora, it is there hanging in space. Right where you thought it would be. Uh, what would you like to do? I, I'm going to try and raise them on comms. Alright. Uh, you attempt to dial them on the on the guard frequency, let's say, uh, but there's no response. They weren't always listening. What is the what condition is the ship in? Everybody, roll perception. That'll be a three. I got a seven. I got a th- oh. three, six. Hey, seven's a success though. 
typically seven is a success, yes. And Ken Shadow uh, has, let's say, a long history of evaluating <laughs> space-born <laughs> items that he comes across. And he goes around and he looks at the ship. And at first glance, he uh, notices, and presumably relates to the rest of the group, this thing's in pretty good shape. There's no obvious battle damage. There's nothing uh, exploded from the inside. There's no holes poking from the outside. Looks like it's in pretty decent repair. Guys, I don't see anything wrong with this bird. Can I uh, take a peek in the cockpit? Well, a spaceship piloting check. Oh, wait. Okay, sorry. I was doing the wrong one. Um, it's an eight. Okay, yeah. Uh, so you, you, you kind of roll in and put cockpit to cockpit. Um, you can't get right up on it because you don't want to disturb it. It's not... Again, with your long experience, you don't want to nudge the thing, and you don't want thruster um, uh, exhaust to start nudging it. Because right now it's relatively still, mm -hmm. but in zero G, if you start spraying thruster exhaust all over, it's going to start rotating and spinning, and that's that would not be a good yeah. thing. So you kind of keep a careful distance, and you see inside the cockpit, you don't see anybody, but you can tell that there's power on, and instruments are functioning and whatnot. Okay. So it's just drifting? Well, not drifting, sorry. It's stationary, mm -hmm. but it's it's like the lights are on, but no yeah. one's home. Precisely. Cool. Lights are on. I can see why home. they sent us. That's uh... So, so I already, <laughs> I already did like a round around the ship. Can I tell how many entrances there are? Uh, Mr. Barnes has piloted a Type 7 Aurora for his waste hauling company before, and he tells you that aside from the main um, entrance at the rear of the ship where you can uh, board where it's docked, uh, there are also two emergency airlocks across, uh, on the dorsal section, on the dorsal side, which can be accessed from space. Hmm. Okay. Good job, Red. Hey, Red, do you know what it would take to dock with the emergency? Well, usually open from the inside, I think, because you're trying to get out fast. Do we have to cut into them? Uh, that, I don't think the Type 7 can mile to docking bay, and even car if, they, cargo if bay, you could, I mean, cargo. The, the, that's definitely only open from the inside. Uh, the cargo hatch, that is a possibility, but again, that's usually only open from the inside oh. unless you have a hatch breaker limpet, which you don't. So, so uh, <clears throat> can you're I stuck with the emergency. To see if I know about airlocks. opening a escape hatch from the outside, like a hack, maybe mechanically? Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, do that. Rep uh, repair. Let's, let's do a repair. Do a repair check. The head of a yeah, do a repair check. So this one time, crazy thing, I was trying to get into the ship to go, but the mechanics who were working on it, they locked me out. But I had also done some work, so I knew about the repair hatch. And I know a little trick you can do. You got to open up a panel and mess with some wires, but you can get in the escape hatch. Take a little bit of work. With a roll of eight, yep, that's exactly what you know you can do. Uh, and you know that in the, the police uh, Viper model you have comes with a makeshift docking scaffold that you can anchor ships to those hatches so that you're not drifting or taking taking chances of getting stuff out of control. But you have to successfully piloting? dock with the ship in order to do that. Well, hold on a second. We have some sort of scanner on our ship, right? You do? Can we scan? You may. What do I roll to scan? I think I want you to do a computer check. Com let me double check. That computer. Computer. I think I want you to do a computer. I think I want you to do a computer check. Let me look at. Let me look at one of the. Uh, yeah. So our ships, the Viper Mark III, because they're police issue. They have a manifest scanner, 
but we yep. um, we've got general sensors and a basic discovery scanner. But obviously, the discovery scanner is for the solar system, isn't it? Rather than ships. Yeah. Let's actually let me have you roll a a systems check. Let me have you roll a systems. It check. does also say on the Viper Mark III handout that a bonus of plus one to general scan. Oh. Is this a general scan? Not a, not a general scan. This is a this is a yeah, sorry. scan. Typ- typical player just looking for advantages where I can, that's all. I, that's fine, that's fine. I got that's a fine. very manly nine on my roll. You got a very manly yes. nine. So you successfully do a cargo scan, and you are informed by uh, your computer that there are 172 tons of computer chips aboard the ship. Okay. Wait, computer chips? Sorry, um, Kinshada, do you tell us that? Well, yeah, I go, yes, obviously. Uh, yeah, my the scanner's saying computer chips, but that's we know that's not that's right, not what right? We're looking for. Yeah, because we believe they were, yeah, uh, the Black Swan Company, they were drug runners, weren't they? Or, you know, um, street pharmacists, or whatever you want to call them. They were uh, running. So they'd know how to pack a manifest anyway. Yeah. Is you, do we know whether we can get more information out of the system than this? Can we scan deeper or something? Sure. Sure. A so deeper general let's, scan. Um, so <laughs> a deeper general scan. So uh, Henry, Henry, yeah. you're you're a bit of a grease monkey. You kind of you, you fiddle around with stuff, and you were running with yeah. some less than savory characters recently. So and and, and you have. In the not so distant past, attempted to, let's say, mislead uh, the authorities for, about the contents of your cargo bay. So things happen. These things happen from. And it's a big universe. Uh, so what I want you to do is roll a uh, computer check. No, I'm sorry. Let's roll. I have you roll a security check with a plus one. So you get that. So add another one to whatever you would normally add right, on that's a, four. a security check. And I rolled a five. Yuck. Natural one. Yeah, and so there, there's a burst of static in your headphones, and you're like, ah, it's too... And you, like, rub your ear, and you completely miss that part of the conversation. Um, <laughs> Lennon. Yes. Lennon, uh, I want you to scratch your head for a second, because as a miner, mm. you have sometimes wanted to evade authorities, Wait, let's how say. how is he? And I want you to... <laughs> <laughs> uh, because you, know, you find things in the asteroid field that maybe you weren't supposed to find. So I want you to roll a security check uh, with no bonus. Okay. Um, so that is a six. And can you're I like, spend a karma and man, try I wish I was smarter about that. Oh, no, but but Henry can. I forgot yeah. about that. Henry, you may if you want to spend a karma okay, point, sure, you can re-roll that natural one. I totally forgot about that. Oh, my God. I got a five again. <laughs> I got this same Holy crap. Same another, another natural one. You are still cleaning, like, gunk or something out of your headset. It's I got like, distracted by a pretty this? star in the of, distance, and I'm just, like, gazing any, out the window. What kind of penny any operation is this thing? Giving me headphones that are full of this junk. All They're right. from Space China. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Ken Shadow, you also know that this can't be right. Absolutely. But you're a little... But you're a little behind the times, right? You're not. You're not quite in sync with the tech, and you're not quite... You know, you're, you're still getting your hands... Understandable. ...into how things work. Go ahead and roll with a minus one. I want you to do a... Uh, so take your security and, and do a minus one. You're doing one. security, you said, right? Okay. Yeah, do a security roll with a minus with one. With a minus one. We're all terrible <laughs> at our jobs. <laughs> and a three. To be fair... To be fair so hang, on, hang on, hang on. You, you were supposed to roll with a minus one. 
Oh, is your security two? Uh, mine's two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his security is two. His security is two. So, so as you, you're, you just you, your guts, your guts are telling you, your guts are telling you this is this can't be right. There, but the tech is, is there another path the to this? Is uh, can I? I I've I've tried really hard. <laughs> really hard. Yeah. But I, I will spend a karma point. Dang it. You can't. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a one. Oh, only if you do a uh, one. Okay. I see. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Okay. So Henry rolled two natural ones in a row. All right. If he rolls a, th- uh, here's what I'm gonna do. I want if if Lennon and Kinshadow and Henry spend a karma point. I'll let Henry roll it again. But if he rolls another natural one, his comms go all the way Fair out. Enough. We you can't. You won't be able to talk to him. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. Let's go All right. For it. All right. So I am in if you're in. Yep. That's the that's that's the deal. All right. So so Henry, don't roll good luck one. to me, guys. <laughs> Seven. That's a little <laughs> better. Yeah. Hey. hey guys, my comms are in and out, but I think I know how to get in that door. Yeah. So like, the manifest scanner just queries the computer, and the computer tells you what it is. But you can either load up your cargo stuff with the wrong things or lie to the computer, or the computer can be programmed to lie to the scanner. So there's some vulnerability points here. So that's not necessarily correct what the, what the manifest is saying. And maybe we can try to, uh, you know, query those those points and see if we can get some more data. So maybe you guys want to try that. Do we have to, we can still do that remotely, right? I'll try it. I'm going to say you can do that remotely, yeah. But it's going to be, a, but it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a, a seven and going to clear it. I'm not going to tell you what's going to clear it, but a seven. Well, well, how about we just all try it? Can, can we assist other people and give them pluses? Or um, that, that's not a, that's not officially a thing, but I like it. I like the idea of you guys working together. So I'll tell you what: um, everybody that wants to help out, pool your pluses on computer together and divide it by two. Okay. And, and then Henry can add that to. And then Henry can add that to his. Role. So I've got a I've two on computer. Also. Yeah, I've got a two as well. Okay. Okay, so everybody's got a two, so that's six total. So, Henry, roll with roll a, a D10 <laughs> with your bonus. Is, and is Red getting in on this? Or? I'm assuming yeah, Red's getting in on this. Eleven. A, 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 ten, a ten works for me. I was, a, a ten works. So, Henry, you're able to determine that uh, the manifest uh, computer is fine. Now I want you to roll it again. Fourteen this time. Natural ten. So I know what's in there. I know what color the cargo is. I know what it smells like. <laughs> he hacked the Matrix, cracked the Gibson, yes. and connected the That's Max. right. <laughs> he's, he's suddenly like, oh, hang on. Computer chips is slang for oh, yeah. heroin. <laughs> <laughs> There's 172 tons of heroin on here. What the hell? All right, all right. So you are able to determine that with uh, with with your with with your brilliant hacking of, of the of the thing that one of the cargo uh, crates was tampered with. The crate itself was tampered with, so it's reporting computer chip uh, contents to it. But that that phys- that connection with between the cargo uh, pod and the manifest computer has been cracked. So there's one cargo pod in there that's not reporting the proper things. So, and you you have a number, you have like a cargo pod number, right? You know, it's it's you got all this, you got all the uh, the bells and whistles on that cargo this, pod. This pod though hey. is internal, right? I, I don't know anything about the yes, specific it's ship. on board the ship. Mm-hmm. It's on board the ship. You so it's it, but you, but you have a number. 
you also have a location, which is in the uh, secondary cargo bay on the main deck. Um, and you have kind of a there, there's a there's like a rack numbering system, but it's not precise. But you have like a general idea of where the cargo bay. Do we know is, which so entrance it's closest to? Um, it would be. Uh, it's not on the so the Aurora has two decks. The top, the dorsal deck is where you're going to enter. The cargo bay that contains that pod is on the lower I deck. See. So it's 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 it, it's kind of six and one half dozen the other. You're going to have to get on the board the ship and find a, a ladder or a staircase and then you know. Okay. Uh, All right. Go to so, the thing. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Let's. Um. I think the the easiest thing would be to do. Not well, the easiest thing. So we don't know if there's anybody aboard the ship. Do we don't have any like life form scanners or anything like that, right? That would be a general scan. If you'd like to perform a general yeah. scan of the Do, ship. Let's see, what would that be? That what's uh another systems. systems. I want another, I would like another systems rolls. I got a twelve, Ooh, I want a natural, natural 10. ten. Oh natural ten. So you're getting the hang of this, man. Yes. You're getting like that. You're getting like this this whole spaceship and thing. It's got coming back. All right. So you do a general scan of the ship and you find three and a half life signs. How is that possible? And they're little dog, too. <laughs> three and a half. It's, it's, it's either it's either a baby or a cyborg. I'm not sure which. So yeah, as you as you scan through that, you find three and a half heat signatures, and you find that they are clustered towards the rear of the ship on the door. Maybe it's a cybernetically enhanced dwarf. <laughs> Even with your natural ten, I'm not going to give you that one. Three and a half. It's going to be a surprise. Um, I'm going to try to dock anyways. My thought is if we board where they're not, uh, it might be a good thing. Which I say to everybody. Um, It might give us uh, at least somewhat of a surprise because they may not detect us boarding. What do you guys think? If I dock, everyone else can just hop to my ladder and get in. Yeah, you can kind of like you basically think of it as like like a uh, like uh, a collapsible lattice. So if you if you successfully dock with the ship, then um, other ships can connect their lattices to you and kind of like ladder crawl over to your ship. I'm gonna try that towards the further away from the people. More guns, the better on the ship because we got to take three and a half, and I'm I'm deathly scared of cyborg midgets. So (laughs) let's go for it. So Red he. he Maneuvers in, he grabs his steam controller and just steam controller. That massive precision of the controller, he just slides right up over that hatch, hooks up. So, so, so this this is a spaceship piloting trick. You got to do a spaceship piloting roll, and if you do with your steam controller, it'll be a well. That would make it eleven because I already rolled a (laughs) twelve. Already rolled twelve. Okay, all right, yeah, nope, no problem. You, You 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 slide in. Glide in. So I right over, hook the ladder up, get the lattice out, and start working on the opening the hatch. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendly, so let's just be friendly. Some say he's a regular Einstein, and that he can't drink more than one mug of beer, relatively speaking. But all we know is he's called the Shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback. Recap of last week's community questions. How are you planning to make money in Elite without the Palin missions? Are you watching the weekly episode of Law & Order CIG? Ken from Chicago writes in and says, FYI, yes, Tony, hashtag Law & Order CIG is awesome. Great characters, dramas, and dissection of legal issues. I think it could run for 20 years. Hashtag doink doink. Custom video and Twitter post on your viewing pleasure. 
Meanwhile, hashtag NASA has a way to map your location when you're out in the hashtag deep black, so you won't be hashtag lost in space and hashtag news you can use. Uh, hang on, I'm, I'm click, I clicked on the video that he, that uh, that is linked in there, oh. and it's Law and Order, and here it comes. Yeah, here, I'm sure here it comes. <laughs> Cosmic Investigation Guard. <laughs> oh, Ken. Ken from Chicago, sir. You've outdone yourself. Well done, sir. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's, he put us in there. <laughs> there's, there's me. There's Brian. There's Jeff. The Immortal. Yeah, yeah. And there's Henry. Yeah. Let's see if he did. Oh, Lennon's on there, too. He gets Lennon in there. Let's see how deep in the cast of characters he's still. Ostron's back. Let's see if he gets the shiv. Let's see if he gets the deep. Oh, yeah, there's the shiv. There's the shiv. Nice. Nice Ken from Chicago. Mm. Cosmic Investigation Guard. CIG. Well, well played, sir. Created by Ken from Chicago. Well, let's get to the close of the show and then I can. I can yeah, yeah. Oh, we're doing uh, a show. So, Whoops. Yeah, we're doing a show. We're doing a show. Uh, so, and yes, and uh, that link, that article I went there and I read it, and that's, that's, I, th- we might, I might, if this is a slow news week next week and we don't have to talk about Elite for an hour, uh, and as long as CIG doesn't shoot itself in the foot with a poorly planned legal maneuver, uh, I think we might talk about that because that's freaking cool. Uh, there's now a way to navigate in deep space. No, we just we just figured it out. So that's that's pretty freaking cool. Thank good one, Ken. You you get double gold stars for the week. Eleanor Rebel writes, "Good show, thanks." I think Leonard French's analysis makes sense over the intentional inclusions in the revised complaint. It's less about Ortwin's involvement, but to try and trigger the damages clause. One thing that CIG ignored though was sending patches back to Crytek. Yeah, one one quick note on that whole intentional thing. That is one reading of it that's entirely possible, but the other part of it is that it gets to the idea that Ortwin's involvement in this gave him an advantage in the negotiations because he knew both sides. And so because it because he knew that the other side wouldn't think of interpreting the clause that way, it kind of gave him an inside edge. So it's both the damage clause trigger and... and to highlight Ortwin's behavior both. Acrosi writes in and says, While it isn't a min-max credit farm, I've spent most of my time in Elite flying out of my home system working on faction missions. We forced the original owners out of our system into retreat, so we're trying to evict them completely. Outside of this, I've enjoyed rescuing refugees and training new pilots in combat with my combat-outfitted Type 10, there you are, Henry, which has an incredible way of making me smile when all nine of its multi-cannons fire on a single ship. So many bullets. Great show this week. I do, I do, I have outfitted a Corvette with all mini guns, and it is, it is kind of a Battlestar Galactica feeling when you just open up with all those things, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. That's what I was saying. Why the power capacitor doesn't matter because this multi cannons, you just stack them up. Oh, great. It, yeah, yeah. Notorious dude writes in and says, "I'm actually really disappointed in guard frequency this week. I was really hoping for Tony's expert take on CIG's Crytek lawsuit." Instead, I got a smarmy, half-done summary of I don't know what, actually. I don't know if I expected a in-depth summary of CIG's response, which, while it was a little on the extra side, it was understandable, as I'm sure CIG feels aggrieved by the lawsuit. Please take a look at what I consider a very good summary of CIG's response by Leonard French, a copyright attorney. He does a very good job of objectifyingly looking at the response from CIG and Contrasting it with the amended complaint from Crytek. I find it odd Crytek did not offer the GLA during their filing only to have 
CIG offered up. Now, I'm not an attorney, but it appears CIG laid out a really good case for why Crytek should get Cry-Rect. If you're not going to make an effort to do a de decent legal assessment of the legal proceeding that is affecting the game, could you at least take the time to review the opinion of the people who have? Well, Notorious, Tony did just that this week. I hope you like his assessment. I looked at... <laughs> well, and I, and I did look at the Leonard French thing. He did go through it, it like he literally read the whole thing out. It took an hour. I'm not interested in devoting an hour to the show just for that. Uh, it, number one, I, like I said, it's it's very technical at this point, and I think it's just a vehicle for a settlement to eventually be made. So I don't. Uh, I'm not going to go to the lengths that Mr. French does. Number one, I'm not a copyright attorney, so I he's, he may know things that I don't. So, uh, and he may have areas of expertise that I don't have. But as an attorney, I'm going to point out the things that I think are going on and let you guys know my opinion. But it's just my opinion. The guy, I think it's a gal with the black robe and the hammer, will make the final decisions. Rex Gray writes, Great show, guys. Looking forward to hearing from a drunk pirate in the next RP installment. In Elite, right now I'm just going to keep making money with my mid-level passenger missions. On the CIG front, I'm waiting for Tony to tell us it's important. I'm not a lawyer, so all I see is a bunch of smoke. However, I have noticed that a certain other immortal internet personality has been doing a lot of analysis based on his indie experience. Any chance of bringing Derek Smart on again to give us a play-by-play -play with Tony? You know, give us a developer-lawyer combo. When there's something to actually talk about. P.S. Tony, you need to watch U-S-2-N ratio? I think that's your signal-to-noise. Oh, Tony, you need to watch your signal-to-noise ratio. Nuggets for Nuggets was getting close. Are all the hosts going to start showing off their artistic thing now? No, we're okay, not. Okay, <laughs> so, so we'll take this in reverse order. I thought it was just appropriate that I did the calm thing because that was that, that was it was just timing. It was it, it was artistic inspiration on my part. It won't make a regular appearance, I promise you. Uh, then going backwards up one, I, it may it may surprise everyone to know that I actually occasionally email Mr. Smart back and forth with this stuff. We we have a line of communication open now. We've chatted. I think when things are more like settled and certain, like when this when the opening round's done, we haven't had CIG's actual answer yet. This motion to dismiss will settle a lot of things, and the judge will have a chance to look at it for the first time. Sure, maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not opposed to talking to the guy. Um, and <laughs> quite frankly, everybody listens to us when we do. But uh, it, I think we want to wait till there's a lot of facts on the table where we can agree on a universal pool of things to analyze, as well as a universal pool of things to uh, uh, ignore, <laughs> that, which is usually the more important part. We want to keep the speculation out of it and keep just the, uh, a common universe of facts. Um, and I think that'll happen in a, in a couple months, in a few months, once we get this opening round all done with. Uh, that might be a good time. In general feedback, Odin Oman says, Hello, Guardians of the Frequency. I keep meaning to drop in and say how much I've been enjoying the shows. The EDRPG segments are a lot of fun. Thanks for keeping me company in my office for almost 200 episodes now. Wow, stay on the guard. Thumbs up emoji. That's the first time I'm going to approve of the use of an emoji like that. Well done. Well done. Professor Palin writes in at Ishmael Palin. Look, Mum, I'm famous. Hey, wow. We're, we're, hey, we're in universe and the in-universe ED people are tweeting us yeah. back. Fantastic. Pix Vistri? Vectri? Pix Vectri yeah. writes in. Put some use in it. Yeah, some silent use. As many of your other listeners, I'm enjoying the tabletop RP portion of the cast. It's making me wax nostalgic for ye old time. And Sean Newboy with many silent use writes in and says, Wonderful show, everyone. Any discussion about the said topics or comments? 
Don't think so. Good. There's no new or returning Patreons. No random winner. Um, darn. I want to say names here. Names I can't pronounce. That's right. We need unpronounceable names with silent use. Yes. And this week's community question. What's your most anticipated feature of the 3.0 Beyond patch that's due in January? Anything that uh, you think shouldn't have been changed and uh, is getting a tweak you don't think it deserves? Let us know. And otherwise, how is the show? Are you ready to wing up with us and deliver the goods? Or are you looking forward to earning your first bounty by vaporizing our new chieftains? Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show posts, which you can find on our website and over on our Facebook page. And that brings us to the end of episode 198 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 199 on January 23rd, 2018, so be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Dean Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Sanders, and of course, our audio engineers, Mikey and that British guy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, you should come on over and join us at about 10 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency. Damn it, my phone went off. And then my other thing went off. Who's who's doing this? I bet it's Shiv. No, it's Kenna from the other show. I'm shutting that off and I'm silencing my phone. You know what's funny is every week you talk about the show is like at 10, 10 p.m. Central and you're like in the middle of saying it's at 10 p.m. Central every week. And then you get disturbed because it's like you didn't know the show was at it's 10 not and you left your phone 10, on but i'm not picking on you 15. go ahead <laughs> it's not yeah okay it was just a great timing that's all yeah go ahead, perfect Tony. timing okay thanks henry <laughs> the amoral profiteer is operating in guini gu <laughs> guini i put it right there i know the i saw it the amoral profiteer is operating in guini guini must be stopped gu guini the Amoral Profiteer is operating in Guwugwini must be stopped. Guwugwini. This is Tony, intro, sync one. This is Jeff, flight deck, sync two. This oh, is Henry, yeah, flight, flight deck, deck sync three. Duh. Sorry. <laughs> flight deck in three, two. How can no more sky be anything intelligible? We only shh, talk about it to make shh, you happy. Shh, shh, shh. shh. And that brings us to the end of episode 197 of Guard. Nope, it's 198. Damn it. And that brings us to the episode. Ah, and that brings us to the ep- <laughs> Go, Tony. <laughs> Just breathe, buddy. Yeah, go, It'll Tony. be all right. Just breathe. Time travel I'm takes it out of you. He was back in episode 197. That's right. I, Time travel. Really quick, really quick. Really quick right, go shot. ahead. Go, Tony. And that brings us. <laughs> nice. You. All you people. <laughs> you little. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of episode 198 of Guard Frequency. We'll be act. We'll be act. See, Sorry, I told Mikey. you that was a silent you. <laughs> we now know that. I mean, the the the, sh- the title of the episode is now clearly the silent you. Okay, that's the way it is. No man's sky. No, Henry. I'm going to mute you. <laughs>